What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Figures of Sport. And it's NFL Draft Day, so let's start with a little bit of a refresher since we haven't talked about the NFL in a while. So there have been a lot of moves so far. So the best moves of the NFL offseason so far, in my opinion, uh, first off, we got to start with DeAndre Hopkins getting traded. I mean, wow. I mean, I never saw that coming. Houston had an amazing duo with Watson and Hopkins, and I really, really hope one day we learn the real reason Hopkins was traded for a past his time David Johnson. And I mean, don't get me wrong, I like David Johnson when he's healthy. But DeAndre Hopkins is arguably the best wide receiver in the game. And I personally believe he should have, or he at least he could have gotten paid for going out there and doing everything he's supposed to do at an insanely high level for Bill O'Brien while he was with the Texans. Uh, I think that the Texans could have drafted a running back using that second round pick of theirs and still receive some high production from a guy like maybe Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, uh, Jonathan Taylor, or or J.K. Dobbins. So I really do like the pairing of Hopkins and Larry Fitzgerald uh, and Kyler Murray. I think that if Arizona can fill in some of the gaps through the draft, they might be a fun team to watch because of their dynamic receivers. So I would keep an eye on them. Next up, Indianapolis signs Phillip Rivers. Now, it was time for the Chargers and Rivers to go their separate ways. The team has reached their ceiling with Rivers at the QB spot, and it's time for a change. I think this could be a good move since Indy has moved on from Jacoby Brissett, but the Colts need to start looking for their future QB soon as Rivers' deal is only for a year, and he's already said that he won't be playing more than two more years. Next up, the Ravens snagging Calais Campbell. Now, I know he's getting older, but he's still been very effective and he bolsters the Ravens' defense. And all they gave up for him was a fifth-round pick. So when you look at it that way, you really can't complain when you're getting that value uh, for a fifth-round pick. So next up, we got Carolina finally moving off of Cam Newton. The former number one draft pick was released by the Panthers, and he is currently a free agent. Now, I honestly don't know where I see him fitting. I mean, it's tough, because for the first time in his career, Cam won't be the guy anymore. Uh, Before Cam was released, he saw the Panthers sign Teddy Bridgewater to a three-year deal as he takes over as the new starter in Carolina. And when you see that uh, before you are even released. The team has your replacement uh, ready to go, contract signed. It, it's heartbreaking, you know, it's it's hard. So uh, you kind of feel a little bit for Cam Newton, but you know that he's going to make an impact at some point, at some, uh, you know, for some team. So now we finally have the answer to the question we have all been asking since the end of the season. Where's Tom Brady going? And Tom Brady is heading south to Tampa Bay, or Tampa Bay, I should say. And and not to mention, he's bringing some 6'6 tight end named Rob Gronkowski out of retirement to play with him. I mean, the Bucks traded a fourth-round pick for the rights to Gronk and a seventh-round draft pick. Um... Now, I think that this team can be really, really good. I mean, a young, up-and-coming star in Godwin, paired with the athletic abilities of Mike Evans, and assuming both are kept, running two tight ends in O.J. Howard and Gronk for that Bucks team would be absolutely lethal. Now, 
I know we've heard of some potential lethal offenses such as Cleveland's OBJ, Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubb and Co., but this puts the greatest quarterback of all time in Tom Brady in one of the most lethal offensive systems he's been a part of in the last few seasons, and not to mention with Bruce Arians as their head coach. Now, pairing that with his security blanket in Gronk, one of the best tight ends in history, as well with a year of fresh legs under him, I mean, this Tampa Bay team can match up with the 49ers. Now, cohesively, I don't think that they're there yet. Obviously, uh, it's going to take them a little while to kind of build up some chemistry. But if the Bucks address their needs in this draft, I truly believe that you are looking at a top three team in the NFC. And not just their division, I mean the entire conference. This is this team has the potential to truly, truly be um, a powerhouse in the NFC. And, you know, outside of San Francisco and the Saints, this is really the only team that I, I would be, you know, a little bit worried of next season uh, in the NFC. Now, outside of the NFC, you know, you got Kansas City, the defending Super Bowl champions, and you have the Baltimore Ravens who continue to get better, and we have to see. You know, we we really do have to see, but I believe that this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team, if they address everything that they need in the draft tonight, I I genuinely think that we are looking at a team uh, with a lot of potential. And I mean a lot of potential. So I think that, you know, for this team to make this acquisition, especially when, you know, a team like the Los Angeles Chargers were in play, uh, you know, Tampa Bay being a, a bit of a smaller market compared to, you know, a Los Angeles, even though, you know, L.A. is really probably more the Rams than it is the Chargers. Uh, I, I just think that. You know, for the Buccaneers, this was a this was a huge win for their organization in general. I mean, for you to win out Tom Brady, uh, the greatest quarterback of all time, you know, during free agency and get him to, you know, and more so kind of the reports stated that he had originally reached out to Tampa Bay. He had shown interest in Tampa Bay originally. And and that's kind of what led to the initial conversations. Tom Brady was very excited to be a part of this organization. And you have someone who wants to be there. You have someone who is ready for change and willing to accept change and willing to learn and adapt to a new situation in a new environment. And you can easily see that with Gronkowski too. And and it's become clear. Uh, you know, Brady has, you know, it's it's been said that it was hinted to Brady that, you know, Gronkowski wanted to make a, uh, run at, you know, coming back to the NFL. And these guys were tired of the structure in New England. That's what I feel like people really truly fail to realize. Winning, although winning is what we see on the outside as the tell-all, you know, be-all, end-all for, you know, sports... There's a lot more that goes into it. I mean, you have to be able to understand that there's a lot going on here. You know, this this organization has 
been stuck in their ways, the Patriots organization has been in their ways for years. And that's because of Bill Belichick. And there's no knock against Bill Belichick because he is one of, if not the greatest NFL coach of all time. Um, you know, with six Super Bowl championships, you can't deny his greatness and his mind. But uh, what it does bring is a, a certain set, uh, you know, sense of closed mindedness. And, and that is really kind of what pushes some players to one out. I mean, think about it. For the last few years, Brady has been saying that he's wanted to play until he's 45. He's been saying that openly for years right? We know that. But instead, we see that the Patriots were consistently trying to sign him to one-year deals or two-year deals to try to get him out of it. You know, they tried to rush the situation by drafting Garoppolo and then dangling Garoppolo or dangling Tom Brady in front of, you know, the San Francisco 49ers, you know, when he said that he wanted to come home. They've disrespected Tom Brady a lot over the years. You know, like I said, from ranging from not giving him a a longer guaranteed contract or not even guaranteed it's not, it has not been about the money at least it doesn't seem like it's been about the money it's been about the security and i i just feel that tom brady at a certain point you know got tired of having to show prove his worth i mean for someone who has provided Everything he possibly can to the you know the region of New England and the Patriots organization six championships. It doesn't make sense as to how you don't embrace that. In my opinion, it just truly doesn't make sense as to how you cannot embrace that. And regardless of of age, I think that what the Patriots fail to realize is that just this season you weren't in the Super Bowl. But last season you were. And what more could you possibly want? You are coming off of a year where you went to the Super Bowl and you won. And now it's as if, you know, you've forgotten about that. You've you've forgotten about all of the good times and how you got there right now you're looking at a rough time you know the Patriots organization is looking at a rough time with Tom Brady you know where they are short-staffed you know injuries and suspensions have played a large part over the last couple of seasons for the Patriots organization uh you know Antonio Brown another situation there you know Julian Edelman was suspended there's a lot that goes on around you know the New England Patriots organization at all times And I just think that at some point, you know, players get tired of being in the same environment for so long, you know, and I know that in certain cases, you know, players preach, you know, loyalty and, and, you know, staying with one team and and grinding it out and trying to win with your team and, and that one team only, but The NFL, the MLB, the NBA, MLS, it's a business. It's a business. And you have to make a decision that's best for you, too. And I think that that is exactly what Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski did. Rob Gronkowski had the upper hand. The Patriots figured, listen, if you're not going to play, 
why not take an extra draft pick for you? I would gladly take a fourth-round draft pick for a player in Rob Gronkowski who may not play this season. You don't know. We don't know. We don't know for sure if he is playing. We don't know for sure if he isn't playing. But the reports are saying he's excited to make a comeback and he's ready to go. So we just have to kind of wait and see uh, as to when that is. Because as of right now, like I said, we don't know when we are even going to come back to an NFL season yet. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on there. Um First and foremost, there needs to be, you know, recent reports are saying that, you know, the NFL medical officers are saying that testing needs to be three times more uh, available than it currently is right now to get on a platform where NFL players can and can resume play, even if it's without fans. That's not even in the question as of right now. There's uh, there is no thoughts of having fans in any of the arenas or stadiums at this point, uh, or when and if the season returns this year. There is no current plans for that to happen, and and rightfully so. I mean, we should take the precaution. We should take every single precaution necessary. And although there's been a lot of people that push back on the social distancing. Um, I'm doing it, other people I know are doing it, and I think that instead of rushing, although I understand that, you know, the sporting, the sports world in general is going to work with the government to, you know, open facilities in a, in a safe manner and timely manner, and, you know, they're going to work with the government on, you know, the economy. The sports world is a large part of the economy. So I think that we're going to just have to wait and see. And and there's going to be a lot of stuff that gets figured out. So, but no, enough of that because it is draft day. We have the projected top 10 picks from NFL.com. And number one, we got the Bengals taking Joe Burrow. Pretty much seems like a no brainer, right? There has been some pushback. But the Bengals are staying tight at number one, and they look like they are going to be taking Joe Burrow with the number one pick overall. Now, number two, we got the Redskins, and Chase Young is the projected number two overall pick, and this has really kind of been that way all season long, uh, or at least the later half of the season as, you know... Joe Burrow kind of started coming into the picture in the later half of the season with his games, you know, starting to catch a lot of steam and him starting to, you know, roll through teams uh, later in the season. And, you know, number three, we got the Lions taking Derrick Brown, a defensive tackle. And he is he is very high up on ESPN's, you know, top players in the draft. Uh, Derrick Brown, I believe, is the third overall player in the top one top 100 players in this year's draft and you know out of Auburn I think that this is a defensive tackle that he's a really easy mover for his size I mean he's quick and active he has quick and active hands uh you know but he could be a little bit better with them he's quick and active against the run and he does a very good job of locating the ball so I think that Derek Brown is he's going to be a good pick. He's going to be a good pickup in this draft. Uh, I 
Whether or not the Lions end up taking him at number three, uh, I'm not sure. But we will see shortly. And at number four, we got the Giants taking Tristan Wirfs, uh, another offensive tackle. And with Wirfs, I think that they're getting a good player. You know, they're getting a really good player. And I think they need it. I think that you you need someone to really kind of help defend uh, Daniel Jones. And I think that this is going to help them. And for the Dolphins, at number five, they are projecting them to take Andrew Thomas, an offensive tackle. Now, I, I genuinely don't know how I feel about that. I have my own predictions that we'll get into shortly, but let's move through this. At number six, we got the Chargers taking Tua out of Alabama. And with, you know, Phillip Rivers gone, this is the perfect chance for them to really kind of start off uh, on the right foot and get the right quarterback, a guy who can make plays and who is very smart uh, at making, you know, the right football decisions. So I think Tua is the guy uh, for the Chargers. Let's see, though. We got to see tonight what they decide to do. Uh, at number seven, we got the Panthers projected to take Jeff Okuda, and that's a cornerback. And we got to see what happens there, too. You know, we there is going to be a lot that's going on. Jeff Okuda out of Ohio State, he's the number five ranked player uh, in the top or out of, you know, all the players available in the draft. He's the number five ranked player. He is a 6'1 cornerback, and he's a long corner, quick feet, very good playing speed. You know, he he's athletic and quick enough to recover in press coverage, and he has outstanding physical tools. So I think that Okuda could be a really good pickup, you know, outside of the top five for that Panthers defense. So number eight, the Cardinals have Isaiah Simmons, who is a linebacker slash safety. Now. I am going to talk about Isaiah Simmons a little bit later, but I think that's a great pick for the Cardinals. I think that, you know, especially after the fact that you are getting DeAndre Hopkins for a little bit of a beaten up David Johnson, and then you are also getting Isaiah Simmons on the defensive side of the ball after bolstering your offense with the addition of DeAndre Hopkins. So I think that that is a really, really good pickup for the Cardinals at number eight if Isaiah Simmons falls to number eight. But Isaiah Simmons is ranked the number four player in the draft. So we got to see if he does fall all the way to number eight. Now for number nine, we got the Falcons taking cornerback C.J. Henderson. Falcons had a lot of issues defensively last year. This is something that can definitely help them out. And with them now being in a division where they have to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady twice, I think that they're going to need a cornerback who can try to stay in front of Mike Evans or Chris Godwin. So next up at number 10, we got the Browns taking Mekki Becton, an offensive tackle. And I think that they need it. I think that at this point, you need someone to really kind of go out there and try to protect Baker Mayfield. 
I think that you need someone to protect Baker Mayfield. I mean, Baker Mayfield isn't a guy who makes a lot of desperate throws, but he's a guy who makes a lot of bad throws sometimes. And I think that, you know, if Baker Mayfield, you give him, he has such a strong arm and he has great accuracy. I think that if you give him an offensive line that gives him a couple more seconds and protects him a little bit better, he will. He will be able to make these, you know, some of these throws, uh, you know, to guys like Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry. So I think that this could be a really good pickup for them. But we, like I said, we do have to see uh, how that's going to fit for them. So now, first off, after going through those first 10 picks, I want to reiterate that the draft is not happening in person. This is all done virtually, obviously because of the pandemic, but it does ruin the first NFL draft in Las Vegas. There there was a special ceremony planned, um, a lot of extra, you know, curricular activities planned for the NFL draft, especially being that it was the first time in Sin City. Um, but there are a lot of pieces that can be on the move here. You know, let's keep that first and foremost. This draft... Just because everything is happening from home doesn't mean that there isn't a lot going on. Uh, Reports have said that the Lions are considering trading that number three pick and the Dolphins are supposedly aggressively shopping their picks in the top 20. Now, I do think that the Patriots might be working behind the scenes here. They have a lot of picks in both this year and next year's draft and they could easily offer up a few of those picks to move up in the draft, but we shall see. Now, my bold prediction is that the Dolphins take Justin Herbert with the number three overall pick after a trade with Detroit. Now, I know. Hear me out. But, I think that Detroit also trades away that fifth overall pick they receive for a number of picks in both this year's draft and next year's draft. Now, I think it's a two-part deal. I think that the Dolphins make the move with Detroit and swap picks there. There's going to be, obviously, some compensation from the Dolphins because they're going to be moving up, obviously, and the Lions are going to be moving back. So, obviously, there's going to be some compensation, whether it's a late-round pick. Uh, Obviously, we wouldn't know, but I'd assume that it would be most likely a sixth or possibly 7th round pick in addition to the number 5 pick for that number 3 slot where the Miami Dolphins can go in and take Justin Herbert. Now, I think that that number 5, now I've heard heard this on first take. I believe it was either first take or the herd, but Bill Belichick has a lot of relationships around the league. In fact, he's hired some, you know, of the people doing the drafting tonight, you know. He's worked with a lot of the guys doing that, you know. Bill Belichick is one uh, that, you know, or Bill Belichick has worked with Bill O'Brien, and, you know, that's one example of someone. Brian Flores is someone that's also, you know, back at Miami when he was, you know, with Miami. He is, he is someone, he is someone that can really show his the impact that 
Bill Belichick had on him. So with Brian Flores down in Florida, I really think that, you know, there's some connections. I think that there's a possibility that something is working behind the scenes and and Bill Belichick uses some of these connections that he has appointed throughout the league uh, to really kind of help himself out in this year's draft. And I think that Tua would be his ideal target, obviously. Um, I think that Tua is a guy who would absolutely thrive uh, with Bill Belichick. I think that he would recover and he would come into a system where he would work the Bill Belichick way and I think it would be really good. I think that they would work well together. But we just don't know what can happen. But I definitely say to watch out for the Patriots. I think that they have been far too quiet uh, you know, to really kind of Prove to us that they would do something otherwise. You know, they rarely, I don't think they have ever taken since since prior to Tom Brady, they have not taken a quarterback in the first round. Uh, you know, even with Garoppolo and Jacoby Brissett when they drafted him. Never in the first round, uh, always much later in these drafts. So I think that uh, this would be a huge, huge uh difference for the you know something that we would see for the first time out of Bill Belichick you know at least in the last 20 years or so you know making a quarterback selected selection in the first round so we we just have to continue to watch the Patriots but I definitely say Justin Herbert my bold prediction is that he ends up with the Dolphins Tua ends up with the Patriots or or the Chargers going one of those two routes Patriots or the Chargers and Justin Herbert ends with Miami so now although he is pretty high up on the boards I think that Isaiah Simmons is definitely someone to watch from this class I mean the the guy is big at 6'3 about 240 and he can play both the linebacker position and the safety position I mean almost anywhere defensively so he is like I said, he like I said earlier, he is the number four ranked player in this draft. I mean, he has elite natural talent and is one of the most versatile defenders in the entire draft class. So, I mean, he has the frame, he has the athletic ability, and he has the range and ball skills to play in deep half coverage. So, I think that Isaiah Simmons is a guy that really is kind of like a can't-miss defensive prospect. So, I think that we are going to have to continue to watch because there's only so much we can assume. And we will find out everything tonight. So the NFL Draft, guys, starts tonight at 8 Eastern, 7 Central. So be sure to tune in. And we will be discussing the draft next week on Figures of Sport. So thank you guys for listening. And we'll catch you next time.